What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? All right. Um, me and Nick were discussing what our outline looks like, and Nick described it as spicy. With all the spicy week, yeah, with all the interesting things that are going on. So I guess we'll just get into all the spiciness. Um, first, we'll start with um, the MLB awards. Uh, I'll just do a quick rundown, and then I'll give my thoughts on it. Uh, Bellinger won the NL MVP. Mike Trout won the AL MVP. Pete Alonso won the NL Rookie of the Year. Your Don Alvarez won the NL Rookie of the Year. Jacob DeGrom won the NL Cy Young, and Justin Verlander won the AL Cy Young. I didn't feel like putting the uh, coaches of the year. I didn't feel like it was important. But, okay, let me give my thoughts on it. Obviously, I'm really happy about Pete Alonso. I think I've made that clear enough, so I'm not going to talk about that. Cody Bellinger, actually, before I get into it, I need to apologize because last week I said that the playoffs counted into the awards, but I learned that they don't. So anything that happens in the playoffs doesn't count, and that makes a lot more sense because what are you going to do if you don't make the playoffs? Um... So Cody Bellinger won the NL MVP. No, yeah, Cody Bellinger won the NL MVP. I thought Anthony Rendon was going to win the NL MVP, but then I learned that awards don't count in the playoffs. I feel like um, Anthony Rendon winning the MVP would have been a much kind of like a cooler story because everyone has always been down on Anthony Rendon and he's never really been that like star that people that no he's never really been the star that he actually is to people that came out wrong, but. Um, I think he kind of deserved it more than Cody Bellinger. I feel like Bellinger kind of fell off towards the end of the year, and Anthony Rendon definitely didn't, and he basically was the Nationals' star the whole year and made them into the team they were going into the playoffs. Uh, Mike Trout beat out Alex Bregman for the AL MVP. That makes Mike Trout had an amazing year like he always does. Makes a lot of sense. Um, other than that, there's nothing else that I really have to comment on. I don't know if Nick, do you have anything about that? Um, did you say on the award yet or no? We'll get there. Yeah. Um, so Jacob Degrom, obviously, very excited about Jacob Degrom winning the Cy Young. For Justin Verlander, he beat out Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton of the Rays. Um, I feel like on that front, that basically went the way that I expected it to. Um, the Garrett Cole-Justin Verlander thing is interesting, obviously, them being on the same team, and both had amazing seasons, but um, Justin Verlander edged him out on that. you have anything else? Oh, yeah, I, I, just, I just want to cover, like, like two points to that. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get through everything. Um, as well for Trout, that I think statistically he, hits, he has a better year when he doesn't win MVP, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> In the years that he hasn't won MVP, he's had he's had better seasons like overall. That's interesting. Which is kind of interesting. Um, I forgot the stats are, but he, you know, a difference of maybe like a point oh two difference in batting average, so nothing crazy. Mm. Or rather, no, my bad, like a point two. Yeah, a point two difference in batting average, something like that. Um, it wasn't a lot. I found that kind of interesting. And second of all, I don't know Justin Verlander. He kind of he's a uh, aging like fine wine. Yeah, no. A few years ago, he was, like, really bad. He got bad with the Tigers. They traded him. Yeah. And now he's good with the Astros again. But that that goodness, maybe, you know, uh, results in something else, which we're about to get to. Oh, gotcha. I was like, where are I, you I'm going behind, with this I'm, stuff? I'm behind the personal belief if that if your team is, is, like, in baseball, 
if your team is hitting really well, it makes pitching a lot better. Mm. There's less pressure on you to to pitch well. Yeah, you could knowing that you could give up a run or two and still win the game. That mindset allows you to pitch better, mm. and then in turn, you're going to give up zero runs. You're going to give up one run. So people could yeah. say that, oh, you know, the, the fact that, that they, you know we're going to get into it, the Astros cheating, um, that you know it only really affects their hitting. Well, my opinion, it affects their pitching too. Because if you're if you're if your team is putting up runs and, and the other team is desperate, they're going to swing at more pitches. You know, to put to put points on the board. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all a cascade effect. So, all right, well, I, I guess we'll go into that now. Go ahead. Yeah. So. Um... We'll get into the Astros scandal. Um, everyone, I'll give a little background for those that don't know. So, uh, Mike Fires had an interview with Athletic, and basically he came out and said that in 2017 when the Astros won the World Series, uh, they stole signs from the opposing teams throughout the playoffs, and... Um, many people are considering that the reason for their success in 2017. Um, and coming out of that, it's... Was it in the interview where they said about the clanging on the... Um, like they used their bats on the dugout, or that came out later? I have no clue. Okay, well, um, so basically, there was a camera in center field that would look into the catcher to see what he was calling, and it would be transmitted into the dugout. And the players would bang their bats on the top of the dugout, and like one for curveball, two for uh, fastball, kind of like what people do in in high school to cheat, like one for A, two for B. Um, and from that, there's kind of some interesting stories, which I'll get into more when I give my total thoughts on it. I don't, Nick, you want to do your thoughts first? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I actually covered this over on our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to check it out there? You know, we'll shout it out. We'll shout that out later. Uh, but you know, just to preface it, uh, what I'm about to say, there's been new news released about it. Mm-hmm. I see. I just actually just saw a photo about an hour ago on. Uh, it's 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 they're called Sports Underscore Updated on Instagram. They're they're strictly just like a sports update type of Instagram. Um, and they actually posted. I guess this released. You know. Not by them, but this is just where I saw it. Uh, there's a picture of the Astros cheating setup behind the dugout. Hmm. Essentially, they had a towel to cover anybody from, from you know, who could peek into the dugout. They, they couldn't see it back there. They actually had a, a television. Um, they had a trash can. That, you know, they, they had the whole setup that everyone's been talking about. It's kind of crazy because it was, it was actually in the Astros oh, wow. documentary for their 2017 World Series, and I guess nobody even recognized what it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So again, further proof, but uh, you know, going off what we know now, there's more, there's more and more proof coming out. But I, I, I can't, you know, I don't want to make any predetermined judgments until the MLB decides what they want to do. But you know, if true, I'm very outraged as a Yankees fan. If, if you look at the games, you know, we don't know if they cheated in 2018, 2019. But again, we're gonna stick up, we're gonna stick to what we know. Mm-hmm. 2017, you know, playoffs. Uh, we, we know at this point kind of that they cheated. I mean, yeah. the evidence points to it. We're just, okay, assuming that they cheated. The Yankees got robbed pretty badly, you know, me as a Yankees fan. Uh, if you look at the, so the, the, that game, that particular series went to seven games, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at the home games, the Yankees won six to four. They won eight to one, and I believe they won like four, five, nothing, something like that mm. at home. 
if you look at the away games, they lost by, I think, one two runs in every single game. Hmm. So why is there such a big difference between home and away games? You know, if they cheated, that explains for a lot. You're telling me that the Yankees wouldn't have won that series if they didn't cheat. That 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 type of cheating doesn't allude to one or two runs throughout throughout the series. And again, if those games were by you know lost by one or two runs, then that would that would be another game, and that would be game seven. That would mean game six. You know, that that would that turns the tide of an entire series, mm. especially when your series goes to game seven. It was it was a very close series. Yeah, I totally agree um, with you on that. But what do you? think about like so in the playoffs like the atmosphere like it's kind of hard to hear like like they have to be really loud in the dugout for the people at bat to hear it 100 percent, but that's why they were banging right i guess so but like i mean it was also like as we're as we're learning more and more about the cheating i wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened and the third base coach maybe had a signal oh. hmm. that's interesting a quick glance also, um, which is, this news hasn't really surfaced too much yet. Um, my roommate Liam was talking about it. He's a, he's a big baseball guy, so you know he's good to chop it up with about baseball. Um, apparently, one of the the pitchers in the bullpens in the Astros bullpen was giving signals out from that from outfield in a, in a spot where nobody could see him. What? Yeah, so like if, if he couldn't hear the bang in the dugout, the the hitter could literally just look into the outfield and see the pitcher and see what the sign he was holding. Oh my up. god. Crazy. I don't know if that's, that's true again. We're going to find more and more about it as we go. Um, if this is true, I think it, it's horrible for baseball, obviously. As a Yankees fan, I'm pissed. Um, I said this about it in my video, but I'd hope they get their title removed and we'd have a series, like an interim series. That's in, their in, in the preseason, in the preseason, maybe like Dodgers versus the Yankees because <laughs> the Yankees definitely deserve to be in there. I know it's not going to happen. Odds are it's just going to be a small fine for the Astros. And we're gonna look past it, but in reality, like the Astros organization should feel ashamed. Um, and we find out more and more about who's done it. You know, definitely should be suspensions held. Held, you know. Apparently, they got leaked in an email that uh, some Astros exec was was for it. Was part of it. Mm. So this is this this cheating was definitely, as far as we know so far, from the top down yeah. and and maybe the bottom up. Like this, this the whole organization agreed on what they were doing. So. You know, however many people are guilty, that's how I feel. How many people should be punished? Um, apparently, Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran. Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox now. Mm-hmm. Carlos Beltran now the manager of the Mets. Manager of the Mets. I know you'll get into it, Ryan. Yeah. But uh, apparently, they were involved in it. I definitely say they should get suspended too. Even though those two franchises might and the MLB might lose money over it, I just think if you're going to keep the integrity of baseball intact, you're going to have to suspend them. Um, so that's about all I have to say about it. Again, bad for baseball. we definitely got to have to investigate it more. And, you know, with the evidence, the way it's leaning right now, if it turns out to be true, you know, proper punishments need definitely need to be held out. I know that MLB's uh, money-making business, you know, for-profit business, true. so they don't want to suspend people. But in order to save the integrity of baseball, it's going to be done. Yeah. Uh, Brian? Um, so... I kind of just want to really focus on the Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran issue of it. Um, obviously, I agree with Nick that it's a bad look for baseball, and it kind of puts the Astros organization kind of in a bad situation, especially coming off like the whole 
was it the assistant GM or the GM with, uh, what's the guy's name who beat his wife? He was a... I'm not sure. It was a pitcher and oh, whatever. That's not the story. Okay, so basically, I don't really... It's a very interesting situation with Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora, and Nick alluded to it a little bit, but basically, they're on two different teams now, and it's kind of like the baseball has to decide if they should suspend these two um, managers, even though it's going to hurt teams that weren't involved in this thing. Um and I don't really know what the best option is for them. To be honest, I feel like maybe like fining them or something like that because I really don't know how suspending would work because if baseball goes and suspends these um, managers of these other teams, the other teams are going to be outraged by baseball doing that, and it's just going to be a whole big issue again. And I feel like the only way to solve that is by making Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora pay some pretty big fines. I don't know how big, but something that's not suspensions. Because I feel like that's unfair to Mets and Red Sox. Um, it's definitely a situation that uh, hasn't really happened in baseball before. I, you know, I didn't even think about that, but after just what you said... Um... I wonder if this violates like, their contracts in any way. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah. Could 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 the Red Sox and Mets fire Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora with you know not having to pay them, mm. um, no charge? Because I, I don't know if I was the, the the Mets or the Red Sox, I would. Do you? I you know more so. You know the Red the Red Sox have been to the World Series, so yeah, and they've been a pretty successful team. Successful team, so I feel like they may not go with, through with it. When you look at the Mets hiring, like they're taking a shot on Carlos Beltran. Obviously, he's young, uh, you know, no managerial experience. I think, and this is the guy to, to take the team, you know, back to back to the you know the World Series how they how they did in 2015. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking for that guy. It is a guy who who blatantly cheated going to be that guy? If you're the Mets, obviously not. You're not. That's an, you know, if the guy if if Carlos Beltran was involved, he's not the guy that you want to be leading your, your team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I feel like the best move for the Mets would be to fire him. Mm-hmm. I, so I wonder how that would work out. Mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting thought. The one thing that I saw that was pretty funny was um, some Mets fans are excited that he was involved because it shows he has a creative mind and is willing to do anything to win. <laughs> I don't know if that actually if that that's cheating. That's not being creative. <laughs> um, but yeah. I I don't really know what's going to happen from that. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll get into the NFL now. We have some more mm-hmm. spicy topics before we get into the games. Um, so we know about the whole Miles Garrett. Do you want to give a little rundown on that? No. Sure. Uh, I also talked about this in, in a point of view on our Instagram. Um, just to shout it out, it's at the sport dot universe. Right? No. No. The, the dot, dot sport, sport yeah. dot. <laughs> We're still working on that. Um, we'll, we'll see what we can do about that. I I hate it myself because I keep forgetting how mm-hmm. I, you know people ask me what the what the Instagram is and I'm like, uh, there's a couple dots in there. So. <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. Because yeah. um, if you guys don't know, like a lot, I think people already hold the usernames and, yeah. and they're not going to give it up. So 
I tried to contact them to give it to me, but they, that just doesn't yeah. work. I think I think the sport universe, the sport universe is held by some cricket. Yeah. People, right? It's like yeah. some cricket or something. And cricket, tennis, they and they, soccer. And they haven't and they haven't posted in three years. So mm-hmm. Please give us the username <laughs> if you're listening to this. I doubt you are, but please give us the username. <laughs> I digress. So again, I talked about it on the Instagram. Miles um, Garrett situation. Uh, to break it down, uh, Browns are up twenty-one to seven, I believe, or it was the score. I, I believe at the end, there's like ten seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, mean, I think it was like a minute left. You know, it, it was meaningless. The Steelers were not going to come back. The game was pretty much over. Uh, you know, Steelers, I think, run a, a play to the left. Mason Rudolph throws it. Their their interim quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is out for the season. He throws it to the left. The ball is completely out of his hands. Uh, Miles Garrett decides to take him down pretty aggressively. Uh, easily, easy rough in the passer call. You know, he was really late. And he threw his whole body weight on top of him. Really unnecessary, especially the fact, you know, that the game was over. Um, there's no need for that. In return, Mason Rudolph gets mad. You know, I really don't blame him for that. He, he grabs uh, Miles Garrett's face mask, starts shaking it around. Looks like he's trying to maybe pull off his helmet. Um Mason Rudolph, yeah. I, I'm just going to go through the entire situation before before mm-hmm. I give my opinions on it. Um, and then uh, uh, Miles Garrett responds by taking off my, uh, Mason Rudolph's helmet. Mason Rudolph charges at him because he's pissed off. He took off his helmet. Uh, Jason, uh, Jason Garrett. <laughs> Miles Garrett decides to use Mason Rudolph's helmet as a weapon, uh, bonks him on top of the head with the helmet. Uh, and then... He gets tackled, and then Miles Garrett gets tackled to the ground by uh, Steelers lineman. I forget who it was. And then he starts getting kicked and punched by Marquise Pouncey on the floor. Mm-hmm. And as Miles Rudolph and Mason Rudolph is watching it from from a distance, he gets absolutely laid out from behind by Larry Ajanobi, uh Brown's defensive tackle. And then from there, the whole team's like it's just a pushing and shoving match at that point. Um, so that's that's your entire rundown of the story. Uh, and then I guess to follow it up, um, immediately after the game, Baker Mayfield was interviewed, and he said there was no reason for him to do that. Um, it's unacceptable, and he should be suspended, or, or he's going to get suspended, rather. So I think that was a, a pretty good move by uh, Baker Mayfield uh, denouncing it right away. Um, and then Miles Garrett was also interviewed, and he said, I made a mistake. I think he made more than a mistake. I'm <laughs> going to get into that in a second. And then we're going to look at suspensions that were handed out because of that. Uh, I think there was $250,000 on each team and more at the fines. Um, and then Marquise Pouncey got a three-game suspension. Larry Ginobili got, I th- I think, was it a one or a three-game suspension? I think he also got a three-game suspension. I don't know. Um, and then Miles Garrett got suspended for the entire season. So those are your suspensions laid out. Um, so now that everything's covered, I'm just going to go through my opinion on it. Ultimately, I think Miles Garrett was absolutely in the wrong here. Uh, he has to keep his cool. It's not a good look for the NFL. It's not a good look for the game of uh, football. You can't take off someone's helmet and use it as a weapon. Those I, I don't know if I'm assuming you know you guys have never held a you know assuming that you guys have never held a football helmet. Those things are are ten and twenty pounds heavy. You know, essentially using that as like taking a metal bat and swinging it over somebody's head, it, especially when you're somebody as strong and as big as Miles Garrett, you could kill Mason Rudolph <laughs> with that easily. Um, you know. It's almost attempted murder. It, it's it's street thug BS, and it's just it, there's no reason for that in in football. Um, I think that you know I'm gonna just go on Baker Mayfield. I think he's absolutely right in denouncing it. 
I think Miles Garrett made a bigger mistake than than he just just a mistake. I think it's more than a mistake. You have anger issues and you have problems that are outside of football if you can't control yourself and trying to kill the man. <laughs> um, I think Marquise Pouncey. I think he should have got maybe like a one game suspension. He, he shouldn't have kicked him, kicked and punched him, but he he saw the threat that was coming to Mason Rudolph and he responded. Larry Ajanobi, I think, should also get a bigger. I think he just definitely have a bigger suspension than uh, Marquise Pouncey, considering the fact that he blindsided Mason Rudolph for absolutely no reason. So bad. Um, and in terms of Mason Rudolph, I think that he should receive a one game suspension. Um, I think that you know people are people. I, I've talked about it in. in quickly on the Instagram video, but uh, people like Max Kellerman are saying, oh, it's Mason Rudolph's fault for starting it, and you know he should be at fault here. You know, I, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous, and I think it's kind of disgusting to say that Mason Rudolph, even, you know, getting angry about getting uh, roughed as a passer, that he was angry about it, should, should mean anything. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett using his helmet as a weapon is, is way worse than anything that my, uh Mason Rudolph did there. I think that him grabbing the helmet and initiating the fight back, maybe, you know, again, as I said, maybe a one-game suspension, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. I definitely, again, he's not at fault here. I think that Miles Garrett definitely deserves the entire season suspended, if not more, maybe a lifetime ban. I mean, again, that that's as close to attempted murder as you can get in football. Mason Rudolph said he's not going to file charges, and I don't think he could legally. It's probably in their contracts that whatever they do in the football fields mm-hmm. for entertainment purposes only, and they can't really sue. I, I'm assuming that's what it is because uh, it's just the whole thing is a debacle. We're not even going to remember the fact that the Cleveland Browns won the game, and yeah. they might they have still have a shot at the playoffs because they won that game. It was a good game. It was the first good game for Baker Mayfield in a while. Um, simply saw some flaws in the Steelers' defense because the Steelers' defense have been amazing. Mm. Um, it just it totally wiped out the message of the game, and I, again, I, I just think it's horrible that this happened. Uh, it's terrible for the game, terrible for the sport, terrible for the NFL. You hate to see it, <laughs> Brian. Um, basically, Nick covered everything I was going to say. Um, I think I feel like at first I like I wasn't watching the game, and then Nick uh, sent me the video of it, and. I was trying to figure out what was going on because, like, I had no idea. And then I saw him use the helmet. I was like, oh, that's what's going on. And I did see it live. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, like, what he did is, I mean, you saw from the reactions from players across the NFL just denouncing what he did and saying that that's not what football is. And what kind of, not scares me, but what I could see the NFL being scared of in this situation is, like, Everyone outside of sports sees, like, football and what they do as basically um, barbaric. And the NFL tries its hardest, and I'm not saying it's anywhere close to barbaric, but this, what Miles Garrett did is very, I guess, barbaric. Um, and it's just, a, once again, a bad look for football. Um, in other news, I guess we'll get into the Con Kaepernick workout. So I did a reacts on this. Um, Con Kaepernick had a workout on what's today? Sunday. I think it was Friday or yesterday. And um, he threw in front of eight teams. Some of the names including the Jets, Chiefs, Titans, Eagles, Forty ers Interestingly enough, and he yeah, he was actually very impressive. He I think he missed. 
think it was seven out of his 60 throws. He was able to throw the deep ball pretty well. Um, some stories from that. No, that What hasn't been talked about is like teams actually being interested in him, which I think is something that teams are worried about with the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. It just seems like it's not about football for him, which is why he hasn't been signed by a team. But um, Eric Reed was one of the receivers for Colin Kaepernick, and... For those that don't know, Eric Reed was on Colin Kaepernick's side with um, kneeling for the national anthem and everything like that. So um, he was basically giving his moral support. Um, also from that, there's rumors that Jay-Z basically had to kind of threaten blackmail against the NFL to allow uh, Colin Kaepernick to have this workout. For those that don't remember, Jay-Z and Rock Nation had this agreement with the NFL that he'd help... Um, with like community service with the NFL and basically music stuff for the NFL and Jay-Z took a big hit for that because he was supposed to be on the side of Colin Kaepernick and it seemed like he was making a money move um, instead of focusing on civil rights with the NFL and so that's basically it with that I feel like more of football size side of things I feel like he would fit a lot with the Titans I agree. Um, they obviously need a quarterback. They're in between Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota. It's kind of interesting that teams like the Jets and um, I guess kind of the Chiefs would look into Colin Kaepernick because I don't see a team going after Colin Kaepernick as a backup. I feel like that's too much drama to have as a backup quarterback, and the only reason you'd go after Colin Kaepernick is if you need a starter, and I feel like that's the Titans, but not the Jets who have Sam Donald or the Chiefs that have Patrick Mahomes. That's basically my opinions. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I think he could fit a lot of teams as a backup. Again, I think Colin Kaepernick has the talent to be an NFL player. It all comes down to if he wants to or not. I think he's only going to get signed by a team that needs him. Yeah. There's just too much There's too much PR. He's too much of a big PR nightmare to not have his, get a starter out of him. So I think a team like the Titans might, might look into him or maybe the Dolphins. Or, I don't know if the no, Dolphins are the there. The Dolphins are yeah. there. I don't know. But, no, they weren't. You know, it's... A team that definitely needs a starter, maybe even the Bears. I mean, who knows? I, I don't think a team's going to sign him ultimately. Um, in terms of him as like a political figure, I think that what he did, it, it kind of proves the fact that he doesn't want to be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a – Stephen A. Smith said it really well, and he got attacked by Eric Reed because of this. Stephen A. Smith said, look, the NFL and, and Jay-Z, Jay-Z pulled for you. You should be thanking him. They got you an offer to, to – they got you a chance to play in the back of the – get back in the NFL. We're giving teams a shot to look at you fairly in a workout with no media coverage, so there's no bias. You can't say, oh, the media were looking so that the teams didn't show. Mm-hmm. And the teams themselves also could say that, you know, we, we want to look at you for your talent. and we, we don't want to invest in you or even have – you know, we don't want people knowing we're, we're looking to invest in you unless we're actually going to invest in you. So there's no pressure on teams to go there and be like – we're going here just to look at him. I'm not saying we're going to sign him, but we could lose a decent portion of our fan base just because we're going to look at him. Mm. And the NFL tried to remove that. He said, no, I want the media. I, I mm. For what he claims is, is a fair shot. I'm not necessarily saying that. What he, you know, him wanting to move to, again, I don't know if people know this, but originally, like, the meeting was supposed to be at an NFL facility. He moved it to, he moved to a high school. And you've, you've talked about it just a little bit there. Um mm. And that that move itself, it just, it doesn't, it's not necessarily like 100% 
convicting of him, but it, it just does not look good. Yeah. I don't think it's the right move. Um, it alludes to the fact that he doesn't want to play in the NFL. He, does, he just wants to be a martyr, as Stephen A. Smith said. I just, I don't know. I, I would never sign Colin Kaepernick. And not even because I disagree. Like, I, I'm thinking about this as a controversial topic for next week. Discuss the kneeling, maybe. That'd yeah. be interesting. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not even saying this just because I, I disagree with the kneeling. I'm just saying this from like a, a pure, like an, like an owner's perspective in the NFL. Like, why would you want to sign this PR nightmare? That may or may not want to play football, might just want the attention. Like, yeah. it's too much. Yeah, there's too much talent in this world for you to risk losing money and and sleep over over a guy that that is just carries so much baggage of him. Yeah, thinking about it now, like I've kind of always sided with Colin Kaepernick and felt like he should get another shot. But if you think about with all of the moves that he's been making recently and what he did, it seems like he's. He cares more about civil rights, which, good for him, like, definitely do that. Civil rights is important. That He cares more about that than actually playing football. And if you look at it from a team's perspective who wants to win games, there's no reason for him to be on the team. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I think, I just also think it's funny now, like, Eric Reed's complaining about it. I'm, I feel like, I don't know. I could go more into it, but I feel like that would be a good part for this for the controversial topic. What do you think? Okay, yeah, we can do. You that. let me know. So, do you want to just make that our controversial topic this week? I guess so. Yeah, the controversial topic we had this week, which I guess we'll do next week, mm-hmm. um, was I was going to discuss like transfers and how they have to sit out a year just because they transfer. I mean, we'll get into it next week, but that's a little preview of what's coming next week. Yeah, um, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, I guess we'll go into, like, the actual football games. Let's start with the Jets game. So, the Jets played the Redskins today. They won 34-17. to It was 34-3 going into the fourth quarter, so basically the Jets kind of just didn't give up. But it was more like bend, don't break type stuff. So, um, much bigger... Oh, whatever, I'll just get into it. Um, okay, so last week I explained that... For a team that doesn't really have a shot at the playoffs, even though Sam Darnold still thinks he that they do, um, I kind of look at it as focusing on how the rookies or the young players are playing. Um, like last week, both Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams played really well. Um, Sam Darnold, some people are saying, had his best game of his career. I don't know about that, but he went 19 for 30, had 293 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. Um, it seemed like... His full, he basically had all of his offensive weapons with him this week. Chris Herndon came back, and um, that was one of the things that he talked about in his uh, uh, conference after the game, post-game conference, um, basically saying that when he has his full arsenal of weapons, he feels like he has um, much more time to make decisions and makes better decisions. From that, Jamal Adams had three sacks against Dwayne Haskins, which hasn't happened since... It's a, it's a rarity. I think it happened last in 2017, which doesn't sound that impressive, but I feel like I saw like only two players have done that. Um, so Jamal Adams has six sacks this season and has just been playing out of his mind. He had a really good game last week against the Giants, which we talked about. On the other side of the ball, um, Haskins, which was this was his first uh, start of the season... And he played okay. He went, Actually, he did not play okay. I need to take that back. He went 9 for 35. That does not sound right. 
I think it's 19 for 35. I think I typed that wrong. He went 19 for 35 with 214 yards and threw two touchdown passes with one interception. So he had an okay game. Um, nothing great, nothing terrible. That's basically it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I guess the only thing I would say to that is just like, people really underestimate how good Jamal Adams is. Mm. Well, I think there's some people that overestimate how good he is yeah, and kind of some people that underestimate how good he is. And I just want to explain. Um, I, I remember like people like Colin Coward were saying that the Jets are idiots for trading him. He's, he's a generational type safety. I just want to point out the fact, and this is people that overestimate him, I think that he has not been a, a generational type safety up until this point in his career. Mm. He's, he's been good, and I think he's been good since his rookie year, and he's been developing. I think this year is definitely his breakout year. Um, he's, I'd say he's in the running for defensive player of the year. Mm. I, I think that he is a generational type safety, but to say that he's been one up until this point in his career, I just feel like isn't true. Yeah, I think But he's, he's definitely worked his way up in this year. I mean, six sacks from a, from a safety position, he's he's not strictly in, inside the box safety. He'll play coverage, yeah. too. Um, so he's 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 a really talented player. I think the the Jets have a real talent on their hands. Um, definitely wouldn't trade him. I don't know why you why you attempt to do that. But <laughs> that's the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Jamal Adams insane. Underestimated in the fact that people still don't think he's generational type, and overestimated if you think he already was. Mm. This is his breakout year. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. Um. I guess shifting off the the Jets and Redskins games, we'll go through this week's lineup. Um, So for the lineup this week, for our Thursday game, we had Steelers-Browns. We kind of discussed that already. Uh, The Browns move up to 4-6. The Steelers go down to 5-5. Final score, 21-7. The Browns looked good in that game, as I discussed. I still think they need to fire Freddie Kitchens. He's obviously not. Again, I keep saying it again and again. They have the talent, but they need the ego and they need the coaching. (laughs) Freddie Kitchens is not providing either of that, so I think it's yeah. time for him to go. Um, I don't think the Browns will make the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter if they lost. And the Steelers might make a wild card spot. I feel like the Ravens pretty much have the division locked in. For sure. And Ma- Mason Rudolph threw four interceptions in that game, so he's definitely not the answer at quarterback for them. <laughs> if, if they can survive, I, they're not going to win anything this year, so I don't understand the point of going to the playoffs. Mason Rudolph is not going to bring you to bring you to a Super Bowl. There's no point even going to the playoffs this year. You're better off just tanking any other draft pick. But mm. that's that's your rundown for the Steelers Browns team, you know, the Browns game. Uh, next game we had the Falcons one twenty nine to three against the Panthers. The Falcons moved to three and seven. The Panthers moved to five and five. Um, this is twice now that we've seen the Falcons blow out a team that was highly more higher ranked than them. I think was it last week we saw them destroy the Saints like twenty nine to like three or something mm-hmm. like that. Twenty nine seven. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Falcons have talent. I feel like they, they really do have some talent there. It's just something's not clicking. You know, they they can be a good team when they choose to be. Uh, they need consistency, though, and that's what they're missing. I, I don't really coach. know what the solution is for them. Again, I think maybe a coaching change might yeah. be the way to go. I, I don't necessarily hate Dan Quinn because, again, he, he's brought them to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it reminds me of – Panthers uh, coach Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. where he's he, he wasn't a bad coach. Just, uh, teams have figured it out and they've game planned around him, and it's just not working anymore. It's time for a coaching change. Um, so that's the Falcons' breakdown on the Panthers side. Kyle Allen has been a decent starter for them. He's been kind of inconsistent. 
I've heard rumors of the Panthers, and I guess it might be just me more fan base rumors that the Panthers are looking to trade Cam Newton. I wouldn't. Be. I don't. I don't think. Uh, what's his name again? Kyle Allen is really your your solution. I was thinking Kyle Allen for some reason, but Kyle Allen is just not, not your solution at quarterback. Um, Panthers are they're a good team, but they're, they're in between teams. Um, as I said last week, that you know, as I guess last week, like your five and four teams or your teams to look out for for the mm-hmm. playoffs. Now it kind of shifts to like six and four to five and five teams. Like you just got to keep an eye on those. So the Panthers are five and five. They're kind of been inconsistent. Like I, I, again, Panthers are not going to win anything this year, so I really don't see a reason for them to go to the playoffs. You're better off just tanking for a draft pick. Mm-hmm. As we see with the Titans, being mediocre gets you nowhere. That's Titans every single year. What's the point? Um, although the, the Panthers have made the Super Bowl recently, so. It's not to say that they've been as mediocre as the Titans have been over such a long period of time. So we'll see where the Panthers go. You know, the, the consistency is key. It was kind of funny. I saw a video today. Uh, Luke Keekley was uh, he was controlling the defense. He was shifting. Like, he'd shift the D-tackles to the left. He'd go shift a cornerback, and then he'd come back. The, the, D, the defensive line would be shifted to the right. He'd be like, shift back left. And he was like, he was running around trying to go to the defense. And it was just ridiculous. <laughs> The consistency just needs to be key there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the breakdown of the Panthers and Falcons. Uh, moving on, we had Ravens-Texans. The Ravens blew out the Texans 41-7. to uh, In terms of the Texans side, you know, they have had some key injuries this year. They lost J.J. Watt. They traded to Davion Clowney, and they're still 6-4. and four. I think it's a testament to how good Deshaun Watson is. He's a very talented quarterback. They, they have um, they have a good team. They just got to put it all together. The injuries have definitely been hurting them, to say the least. Uh, it's also a testament to how good the Ravens are. Um, before I move off of that, I just want to say there was a play today where DeAndre Hopkins has been all over the media. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was held pretty clearly, pass interference, didn't get called in the field. Uh, they went and challenged it, and New York also agreed that it wasn't pass interference, even though you, you know, in slow motion and in full time, you can see that he was clearly uh, tug on the jerseys, which constitutes pass interference. I just think it's ridiculous. That the pass interference challenges are successful at a rate of like 5%. They've been pretty much useless this year. I don't really understand what the NFL is trying to do with them. Even when they're clear, they won't call them back. So I really don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I think it, it seems like the, them adding and challenging pass interference was strictly to appease Rams fans about yeah, the complaints last right. year. Or not the Rams, Saints fans, was it? Yeah, yeah Saints uh, fans Saints, about yeah. I mean, Saints fans about what happened. They're, they're not initiating the rules. I really don't understand what they're doing with that. Uh Moving on to the Raven, over to the Ravens side. If you don't think the Ravens are the real deal, Lamar Jackson is the real deal. Yeah, you're, you're really missing out. Lamar Jackson, as I said last week, is better than Michael Vick. Up at this point in his career, he's better than Michael Vick. He's an amazing talent. I did. I never thought. I don't think anybody really truly thought in their heart. Because you're a hardcore uh, Lamar Jackson fan, like my friend Carter is. You, <laughs> you're really just. You you really did not see Lamar Jackson being successful in the NFL. It's too much. Too much fast defenders. His throwing ability wasn't enough, but he's he's definitely proved everybody wrong. His his arm talent has been I wouldn't say it's the best ever, but it's been it's been more than adequate. You know, when you can move like the way he moves, his agility is unmatched in the NFL. He might be the most agile player in the NFL, and if you match that with his speed and the technique he's been working on, he's just an outstanding player. You know, he's runner up for MVP right now for a reason, and the Ravens defense as well, and, and their running game is just it's been the real deal this year. Um, 
The Ravens might be the dark horse team for the Super Bowl. I, I think that they're my Super Bowl team right now. I don't um, even know. To me, I don't even know if they're dark horse. I mean, I guess with the Patriots. Yeah, but I guess, yeah, that's true. Like I just feel like everybody there. in the AFC, when you look when you look the beyond the Patriots, they're a dark horse. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I, I, to me, right now, AFC Championship, Ravens, Patriots, there's no other way. Mm. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know, because the Patriots are so good when they play teams the second time around, so we'll have to see mm. how that game turns out. But it will be very exciting, because no matter how much you game plan for Lamar Jackson, he's going to be Lamar Jackson and torture game plan, so... It's it's definitely gonna be an interesting game if that that happens. Um, there's your there's your Ravens Texans rundown. Uh, then we had Colts Jaguars. Colts win thirty three to thirteen. Uh, the Colts move to six and four. Jaguars fall to four and six. On the Colts side, I get they're one of those teams that are kind of inconsistent. They have injuries. They lost Andrew Luck and they lost Jacoby Brissett. They're down to Brian Hoyer now. Um, interesting enough, I think they ran Quentin Nelson at running back today and he scored a touchdown. So go big men. Okay. Huh. If you guys don't know, he's, I think he's the right guard. They drafted him last year. One of the best guards in the league. So he got a, he got a big man touchdown. Good for him. Um, yeah, just one of those teams that injuries kind of plagues them. And I think they have a really good, solid coach. Um, it's just, it, again, injuries and, and you know, there's certain things that plague them. So that we'll have to see what, where they go. Um, the Jaguars, they move back to Nick Foles and they'll lose. In my opinion, with the Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew situation, mm-hmm. I think that the Jaguars are going to look to trade Nick Foles, which is kind of a kind of crazy. They just trade. Did they trade for him? I think they traded for him. No, they signed him. Yeah, they trade signed him? him. I think they no, they signed him. Yeah, they signed him and they traded away Blake Bortles, and they might move on him again. Nick Foles gets and ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, I think they're considering they're four and six. They're, again, inconsistent team. They still have a chance of making the playoffs if they can they can get on a hot streak late. Any team that's four and six right now has a chance of making the playoffs. Maybe even like three and seven too, right? Possibly, like I Jets, don't right? think so. I know you're looking. I know you're looking at the Jets there, but I really don't think so. Three and seven might be too far, but <laughs> if you're four and six and you can win out, like I think at this point you'd have to win out at four and six, win six games, go ten and four, um, or ten and six rather, yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. eleven and five. Those would be like your marks for for um for playoff bursts. I think it's definitely going to be for the NFC East, like a 10 to 16 is going to win it. Um, maybe even, it could be even a, a 9 and 7 team might make the playoffs in that. In that yeah, or maybe eight, like eight the team. Jets too, right? I really don't think the Jets, <laughs> they just have no shot. The Bills are going to win the wild card spot before they do. So. That's true. Um, so, yeah. Right. So, ultimately, I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever gotten this, but... I don't think the Jaguars are going to have to pay out Nick Foles' salary when they have a really talented young quarterback in Gardner Minshew, and he's proven that he can win. Mm-hmm. You know, why pay that his Nick Foles' salary when you can have somebody that you're going to have for cheap for right now and have a franchise quarterback at a Gardner sure. Minshew in the long run? Um, so I possibly look for Nick Foles in the move this summer. We'll have to see. Uh, moving on, we had Vikings Broncos. Vikings were the so final score of the game: twenty-seven twenty-three. Vikings moved to eight and three. Broncos fall to three and seven. Uh, Vikings were down twenty to nothing, I think, going into the fourth quarter or third quarter, and they came back and won it. So that was a pretty exciting game to watch. Um, the Vikings are finally putting together. They have a really talented roster. You know, they're one of the top five teams when you look at talent from top to bottom, and they haven't really been clicking all that well. But I think they're they're starting to get into gear now. And um, you know, although they, I don't think the score should have been as close as it was to a team like the Broncos because the Broncos are kind of a mess right now. The fact that they 
they can they showed that they can come back from a twenty point deficit and win, which is huge. That's a huge yeah. deficit. So you know, if you're a Vikings fan, you know it's something to look forward to. I don't know if they're going to Super Bowl, but NFL playoffs is pretty crazy. So sure. we'll have to see what happens there. I think that they're probably going to make the playoffs. So uh, moving on to the Broncos, the Broncos they don't really have an answer at quarterback right now. Their defense has been washy. The fran- that franchise, in my opinion, they their record is better than they are. They really need a quarterback. I don't know why they haven't touched Drew Locke yet. I, I don't know. I, I really don't understand what the Broncos are doing and what the game plan is. That's true. John L.A., great quarterback. He's been, you know, if you look outside of Peyton Manning, was he even the GM during Peyton Manning? I think he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. yeah. Um, you know, outside of Peyton Manning, has, has the Broncos really done anything great besides sign Peyton Manning in? <laughs> Well, obviously, won their Super Bowl, and, that, and that's great. But you know, that's, I, I don't know. One good option, and again, a great option, or one good choice, good, great choice. I don't know if, if you know, in a way, he's doing the greatest job here and yeah. making his quarterbacks. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the Broncos, kind of direction the Broncos are going to go, but we'll have to see. Uh, there'll be a Cowboys Lions. Cowboys, unfortunately, won. It's bad for. I, I want the Eagles to win NFC East. I, a Giants fan, I hate the Cowboys. I don't really hate any other team in the NFL, I think, besides the Cowboys. They might be the only team I don't like. <laughs> and it's not even the Cowboys themselves. I think it's just the fans. The fans piss me off. They're always, always talking, talking yeah, crap. Like, like Yankees oh fans. Like, so. Oh, they're awful. <laughs> um, so the Cowboys beat the Lions 35-27. Cowboys moved to 6-4. Lions moved to 3-6-1. Um, the Cowboys, they've been solid... I think Jason Wynn's been kind of a surprise. He's had a really good season. The man's like 38. Yeah. Can, he can hardly walk, but he can catch the ball still. So he's mm-hmm. he's been pretty solid. He's been just like he was for Tony Roman, that kind of outlet underneath that'll pick up, give you five, six yards every time. Um, Luke Allen looked okay. Dak Prescott looked pretty good. You know, it was, it was a solid game for the Cowboys. Can't knock him too hard. Um, we'll have to see because the Cowboys and, and the Eagles. They're they're fighting for the NFC East right now. The Cowboys moved to six and four, and, and the Eagles lost to the Patriots today, so they're they're at like five and five now. Um, lot to see how that turns out, but the Cowboys have a pretty tough schedule going forward. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens to them. The Lions, again, they lost again. I just I don't see Matt Patricia as the coaching answer. I think he's a decent coach, but they're they was top Matt Stafford now, which kind of sucks. Um, Kenny Galladay has been absolutely amazing this. this the season, and I think people haven't recognized that. Apparently, he leads the NFL in touchdowns, which I didn't even know. The guy's been an absolute stud. Um, I drafted him in fantasy. Thank God. That was, that was great. You actually drafted did, him, or you picked him up? I drafted him. I drafted Kenny Galladay. Really? Yeah. He was like my third receiver I selected. I picked up Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, which has not turned out well. Well, yeah. yeah and then I picked up Todd Gurley, um, Patrick Mahomes, um, I picked up Will Disley for the, C- the Seahawks, so my injury, my I started off really hot in fantasy and I've been terrible ever since. I'm hardly even following anymore. All my players got injured, mm. or just haven't built up expectations. So it's been it's or been just Antonio, just like a player like yeah. Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what's wrong with the Lions. I feel like they haven't won in forever. I don't feel like they have the talent to win right now, and I feel like the coaching isn't helping. I, I really don't know what the solution is with the Lions. I, maybe get Pat Patricia another year if you could draft well. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that. So, 
Jets, Redskins. So moving on, we had the Bills, Dolphins. Bills win, uh, 37 to 20. Moved to seven and three. Dolphins moved to two and eight. The Bills are, I think, one of my wild card teams right now for the AFC. Um, it's definitely been a better season than they expected, I would say. Sure. Now, the season hasn't been perfect, but seven and three is, is not too shabby, <coughs> especially when you have a second year quarterback Definitely. who's been performing well. So, you know, not much to say about the Bills there. Their defense is really solid, and Josh Allen has been pretty well. Yeah, you know, I think you need to give him a nice offensive line with some good wide receivers, and I think you'll have a really talented offense there. Um, and moving on to the Dolphins, they've been surprising. That they, they won two games in a row. They lost today. Um. I, I kind of like the morale of this Dolphins team. I think they have a really solid linebacker in Baker, um, who's also their captain. He, he, I don't know if you guys don't know him. He was on the NFL the other day. He was like, he was mic'd up, and he was like, "Where's my mama?" <laughs> so it was kind of interesting. I'm a, I'm a fan of him for that, and you know, big, big fan of moms. That's that's the only reason you're a fan of him. That is why. Yeah. Because you know when I played, I always look for my mom. So <laughs> I'm a fan of him now. Um, to, I don't know. Again, the Dol- Dolphins. Franchise in terminal, but you know, seeing players like Baker and the fact that they won two games in a row, um, you know, they're not, they're, they're definitely still a terrible franchise, but there's some hope there, I think, if you're the Dolphins fan. Mm. Um, moving on, uh, Saints, Buccaneers, Saints win 34 to 17. Um, Saints moved to 8 and 2, Buccaneers moved to 3 and 7. Um, starting off with the Buccaneers, I've talked about it before. Jameis Winston has not been great for them. The team's been too inconsistent. The I wouldn't say fire Brissarians because it's his first year coaching and it's not like they haven't been this bad in the past. So I think drafting and finding a new quarterback would be <coughs> some good steps there. Uh, with the Saints, um, the Saints finally the Saints was back in the win column, so that's good. Um, you know, they're, they're with top team, top two teams, top three teams in the NFC, so it's not much to talk about there. They're a great team. They're a Super Bowl candidate. Uh, moving on from there, we have the 36-26 final score, 49ers, Cardinals. Uh, 49ers moved to 9-1, Cardinals moved to 3-7-1. The, uh, the 49ers have been such a surprising team this season. It's kind of crazy. They're 9-1. They're you know, we look at statistically, they're basically the best team in the NFL. Um, pretty crazy. Uh, you know, the Patriots are right there with them, but, uh, you know, 49ers, they're also a team that could that we could see coming out of, coming out of the NFC. You know, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Saints and the Packers, like those are your top teams in the NFC. One of those teams is going to be in in the Super Bowl come uh, come February. So we'll see. Uh, moving on to the Cardinals side, as I talked about in the past, like they're a really young team with some good talent. So the fact that you're able only to lose twenty six to thirty six to the, essentially the best team in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. you know, beyond the Patriots, it's not bad. Especially your team's really young. Coach is trying to figure things out, so you know, some hope there for Cardinals fans. Uh, moving on, Eagles and Patriots, pretty tough game. Uh, they, they're going at it back and forth. Um, Patriots moved to nine and one. I feel like I don't say anything about the Patriots or the Patriots. Uh, moving on to the Eagles, they're five and five now. They've had really bad troubles with receivers dropping balls. I think Aguilar dropped, in, I think for his second or third time this season, he's dropped game-winning pass in the end zone or game-tying pass in this case. They have they're pretty and they also are pretty injury riddled, but they have a decent schedule, so I wouldn't be too upset with um with with what's going on. Yeah, they're five and five, they have a decent schedule, so they they could still win out the NFC East. Um so that's that's your Eagles Patriots rundown. Uh, moving on we have Raiders, Bengals, uh, Raiders wound up winning seventeen to ten. 
Raiders moved to six and four. They've been a pretty uh, surprising team this season with all the drama. Jay Gruden, Tony Brown have talked about it. Um, you know, they're one of those mediocre teams that, that are inconsistent, so we'll have to watch them. Uh, moving on, we have the on to that. We have the Bengals. They're zero and ten now. By far the worst franchise in the NFL. Their coach, their coaching situation is a mess. Their quarterback situation is a mess. I don't think they haven't had a good culture in the in the Bengals system in, in years. Yeah. Years on you. <laughs> Look at their defense. They, who has defined their defense for the past five years? It's been Vontez Perfect and his disgusting hits that he just <laughs> likes to kill people with. I, they have no culture there. They have no, they don't have talent. They have they have injuries. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a coaching. It's just it's absolute mess. The Bengals. I will, do Bengals fans do not be surprised if your team goes one sixteen this season. Um. And then we have the final game, which is happening right now. Um, we have the Rams-Bears. Uh, Rams are up 10-0. Rams are 5-4 and four currently. Bears are 4-5. They're both pretty inconsistent teams. I think the Rams have definitely done a lot worse than people considered. So have the Bears. I, they, both of those teams have kind of underperformed this season compared to last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see who comes out on top in that game. I'd probably say the Rams are going to win it. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is just too inconsistent for me to, to beat a team like the Rams. Rams have talent. <coughs> they have coaching. They were in the Super Bowl last year, so I really don't know what the issue is. We'll have to see where the, where the Rams go. And then our final game, which is tomorrow night, we have Chiefs and Chargers. The Chiefs have kind of underperformed, too. They're 6-4. and four. Uh, You know, considering the fact that Patrick Mahomes has been injured, it probably makes up for a loss or two there. So they're not in a horrible state. And I think I've talked about it. The Chargers are kind of an underwhelming team this year, and everyone expected them to be pretty good. So that's your, that's your NFL rundown for the week. All right. Um... Okay, so from there, I guess we'll get into the NBA. Some more good topics. Okay, so um, to start off, Carmelo Anthony is officially back in the NBA. He signed with the Trailblazers, which I'm excited about. I don't know, Nick, Do you are you appreciative of that? Um, yeah, I think it's good for him to, um, to get back into the NBA. He's definitely had the, the talent for it. Yeah, he's obviously not a starter anymore. I really don't understand why teams hadn't signed him up until that point. I just think it was over the media drama. The teams really didn't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know how it adds to the Blazers. I know the Blazers have had a pretty rough season, and they have all the talent that they've ever needed on that roster. Yeah, Damian Lillard, uh, CJ McCollum, uh, Nurkic, and Hassan Whiteside. I guess that's kind of like their piece, the small forward piece, is something they've been looking for. So maybe Melo will start for them. I, I really don't know. Yeah. But again, they've had more talent than they've ever had on that team, and they're losing more than ever. So, you know, people are saying implode the team. It's it's possibility. Um, but other than that, good for Melo. I think it's yeah. it's about time for him to get back on the team. Yeah, I'm excited for him. I've always been a Kamal Anthony fan, besides what he's done off the court. But um, he's. I read that it's supposed to be on Tuesday when they, he makes his debut. So that's a game to watch. I don't know if it's on national television. Probably not. Um, so you'll have to watch the highlights of it. From there, um, D'Angelo Russell. They have illegal Reddit streams. Oh, okay, yeah. You want to look at that? Watch on Reddit. So from there, D'Angelo Russell, uh, the lone Warriors star right now, got injured, and he's now out for two weeks. Um, so the Warriors continue to have terrible luck with their injuries. Um, I saw they're now officially the worst team in the NFL at 2-11. No, the f- worst team okay. in the NBA at 2-11. Um, just scratching out the bottom above the Knicks. So, 
the Knicks fans have been wishing to be as good as the Warriors for a while, and it finally happened this <laughs> year. Congrats on the Knicks. Yeah, and they didn't even need Kevin Durant. Um, from there, uh, I guess... Dream, oh, yeah. I just want to comment yeah, before yeah, the bottom yeah, yeah. Apparently, you know, considering the fact that they've had all injuries, and uh, the Warriors started to... But they decided to start Raymond Green at point guard, oh, moving yeah. forward for, like, the next game or two. How, what? We'll see how that works out. I just, I doesn't have the... He doesn't have the ball handles. How is that he can't the plan? The ball well enough. I, I, Raymond Green's not a bad passer, but I just don't understand where he's going to be able to handle the ball. Is he going to be able to work the pick and roll efficiently? I, I don't know how it's going to work, but he seems like we'll see. One of the slower players in the NBA, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, like he's again. I don't. The ball handling might be an issue there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As a point guard. Um, I guess I'll talk about the Knicks, and then you can talk about the Rockets for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Friday, Christoph Sporzingis came back to Madison Square Garden for the first time since, obviously, his injury. No. Well, I mean, he played for the first time in MSG since his injury, but returned to the MSG for the first time since being traded. Um, he heard it from the crowd. I didn't get to see his introduction, which I really wanted to, but I wasn't around for it. Straight booze. I watched it. I'm sure it was. And then throughout the game, whenever he held the ball, he got booed. And then as the game got close to the end... Um, the chant was KP sucks, which was very fun to see. Kind of sucks that now I just have to root against him. I mean, I have fun doing it, but I used to be such a fan of him. The Knicks ended up winning that game, which was really exciting. It came down to Marcus Morris, uh, three for the win. Well, it wasn't really for the win. They just increased their lead to make the Mavericks obviously not win. So that was very fun to watch. The Knicks last night had a heartbreaking loss against the Hornets. Um, this kid, um, Devontae Graham, I have never heard of him. He turns out to be the leading scorer of the uh, Hornets and basically doesn't miss from three. And the last play of the game, well, basically the last play of the game, um, the Knicks were up by two, and the Hornets had a sideline play to Devontae Graham, and he shot this ridiculous three, and it went in, basically losing the game for the Knicks. Um, from there, some Knicks to look at. Or some storylines. The Knicks um, have been playing better. Obviously, their record still doesn't show it. They're three and eleven um, from this week. There, the big controversy or story is that basically everyone's on the hot seat from David Fisdale to Scott Perry, and James Dolan just isn't happy with the losing. And I mean, I guess I don't blame him, but also. The Knicks have been able to change their culture so much that there's no reason to implode the team now. And any way you look at it, they're not going to be a really good team this year. So there's no reason to do it. And I've been a fan of what um, Scott – is it Scott Perry? Scott yeah, Perry. Yeah, Scott Perry. And what's the other one? Mike um, – whatever, I'll just say Scott Perry. Um, has been able to do and what David Fisdow has been able to do in changing what the culture of the Knicks are and not having a team solely focused on controversy and – actually focused on trying to win another big storyline is frank nilakina has been playing really well recently um his he doesn't really have great statistics i'd say but the big thing for frank is uh defense and he's playing really well on defense but his offense has also shown a lot of improvement he seems to just be more confident shooting the ball and is doing a great job of passing um, to his teammates, and basically he's been the starter for this whole week, so look for that to continue. He went 5-for-5 five five from the three-point line. That's true. Night. 
Yeah, that was his big breakout theme. Mm-hmm. Other than um, that. I agree with you. Like, I think the Knicks are working on it. I, I ultimately don't know if Fizdale is the uh, is the best option for them to go with there. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a culture culture setting guy. So I just don't know if he's, he's like the type of coaching that maybe like an R.J. Barrett would need. Mm-hmm. I think when you have a team of, of veterans like a Ju- I don't know Julius Randle is still kind of young, but like Bobby Portis and teams like that. He's definitely the right guy. Like he's a team that could take a team of veterans who, who know how to play the game already, yeah, and give them like the spark that they need to win. But in terms of really nursing young talent, I don't know if he's the best guy to do it. Yeah, it could be. Focus we'll have right to see. Now. I definitely wouldn't fire him yet. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Um, in terms of my Rockets, James Harden, I think he's solidified himself as the greatest basketball player of all time. <laughs> I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. Yeah. Just like the Jets are going to make the playoffs. He's he's on pace to average over 40 points a game. I think he's, over the past seven games, he's scored at least 39 or more in every single one of them. Insane. Um, he's been absolutely on a tear. Russell Westbrook has not been playing that well, but it's it, it's hard. To, they, they don't they generally don't play on the court at one time. <laughs> That's also when, when James Harden's that hot, he's going to have to pull away from, from Russell Westbrook's thunder. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, that was really good, Nick. I um, <laughs> didn't even practice that one. It just came to me. It just came to me. Um, yeah, but the Rockets are winning. They're they have the biggest win streak in in the NBA. Um, they're second in in the West. So I'm pretty happy as a Rockets fan. You know, we're doing pretty well. Our defense has really picked itself up. That's been always been our problem. Is defense. We're always the best offense for the past three years. Our defense always sucks though, and it's been good this year. So, you know, hopefully we keep going. Um, before we move on off the NBA, I was just thinking I'd give the rundown of the standings right now. Sure. Um, so in the Eastern NBA, we have Celtics at number one. They're ten and two. Uh, Heat at number two, nine and three. That's pretty surprising that the Heat are doing so well. Yeah. They're for the Heat. Um, again, we talked. We talked about how Nunn and, and Tyler Harrow, Jimmy Butler, they're all performing like a pretty good core there. For sure. They drafted some good rookies there. Uh, number three, we have the Bucks at nine and three. Raptors eight and four. Seventy Sixers five at eight and five. Pacers are six and seven and six. Um, Hornets are seven, six and seven. Magic eight, six and seven. Nets nine, five and seven. Without KD, they're not the same. You know, Kyrie's only so good. Uh, tenth place, we have the Cavs four and eight. Kind of surprising that they're doing that well. Uh, Hawks at eleven, four and eight. And the Haw- Trey Runs are doing amazing for them, so it kind of sucks that they're that bad. Uh, Bulls are four and nine. Twelfth place, thirteenth place. The Pistons at four and nine. Wizards are in 14th place at 3 and 8, and Knicks are in last place at 3 and 10. Hey, it's okay, place, though. It's last okay. place, yeah. And on the Western side, we have Lakers at number 1. They're 10 and 2. Uh, they're about to be 11 and 2 because they're winning right now, I think. Um, number 2, we have my Rockets at 10 and 3. And number 3, we have the Nuggets at 9 and 3. Jazz at 4 and 8 and 4. Uh, Suns, which have been surprising, they're in 5th place at 7 and 4. Clippers are 8 and 5 in 6th place. They've They've either had Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. They haven't had both at the same time yet, so hmm. they'll definitely become a better team over time. Eight and five is not too bad for them. Uh, seven, we have the Dallas Mavericks. They're seven and five. Eight, we have the Timberwolves. They're seven and six. Uh, nine is Thunder at five and seven. Ten is the Kings. Five and seven. Eleven Grizzlies. Five and eight. Uh, John Morant's been amazing for them. Uh, probably rookie of the year at this rate. Um, Trailblazers are in twelfth place at five and eight, and we've talked. I just talked about them not too long ago. Hmm. Uh, Spurs are in 13th at 5-8. and eight. Pelicans are in 14th at 3-9. and nine. 
And then Warriors are 2-11. They're 15th place, last place. So that's your NBA rundown for the week. Yes. Um, from that, I guess we'll go into our little college stuff section that um, Nick does. So take it away. College, but what? So I'll start off with the the games that are top, you know, the top teams games this week. Um, looking through the bigger games, uh, Michigan wind up blowing out Michigan State, which that's a pretty big rivalry right there. Even though the teams are not really equal, uh, they wind up winning forty four to ten. Michigan fifteen seed moves to two, and Michigan State four and six. Uh, moving on from that, we had Alabama versus Mississippi State. Uh, Alabama is in the five slot right now in terms of seeding. They moved to nine and one. Uh, Penn State bounces his back with a close W against Indiana, who was ranked at the time. Now they're not. Uh, Penn State's at 9, so we'll have to see. Uh, moving on from that, Clemson destroyed Wake Forest, which is the only, which is the second. The ACC is so bad that Clemson is the third seed in nationally ranked, and they're the only uh, nationally ranked team in the ACC. Wake Forest was, and they're not anymore. Wake Forest is still second in the ACC. And they got blown out fifty-two to three. Like the ACC is so uncompetitive, it's ridiculous. We we need to put some good teams in there. Um, Ohio State blew out Rutgers fifty-six to twenty-one. They're in two slot. Um, Georgia won a close game over Auburn, which helps them keep the four slot. Uh, twenty-one to fourteen, so they're nine and one. Um, Iowa uh, beat Minnesota. Iowa ranked twenty. Minnesota's eight. That was a pretty close game. They won twenty-three to nineteen. Um, Ohio uh, LSU rather 158-37 against Ole Miss they're 10-0 best team in college football uh, Oklahoma had a last Oklahoma was down 25 against Baylor last night and they came back to win it Jalen Hurts um, in, t- in terms of Jalen Hurts I want to talk about him mm-hmm. He's, he kind of fell off the face of the media earth no one's really heard about him since Oklahoma service their loss and personally watching him last night I think there's a decent reason for it I think he's a good college quarterback, but I really don't see his, his talents transitioning well into the NFL. So the fact that he's a fifth-year senior this year, I think this is last year. Will he get drafted? Absolutely. I think he's done too much for him not to get drafted. But I just don't see whatever team drafts him. I don't see him going in maybe until the third round of the draft. And if he does, I really don't see him being anything crazy. He's been too inconsistent throughout his career to really um, to really say he's a, he's a great quarterback. Um from that, we had Oregon beat uh, Arizona 34-6, to pretty big blowout. Justin Herbert looked good, um, which is good. He was pretty highly touted quarterback coming into this uh, this year. So if we're going to look at our standings um, for the week, we have LSU at number one, Ohio State at two, Clemson at three, Georgia at four, Alabama at five, Oregon at six, um, Penn State's now at nine. Um, in terms of like how the playoffs are going to work out, I think LSU's kind of a lock at this point. Clemson's a lock. Um, Ohio State's not a lock. Georgia's not a lock. Alabama's not a lock. Oregon's not a lock. Penn State's not a lock. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Penn State and, and Ohio State works out. Because, again, they're they're in the same, um, what is it, division, I believe. I forget how, how the breakups, what you would call them. Um, but they, they're both in um, the Big Ten East. So depending on who was out the Big Ten East, might get the playoff spot. That's going to be... Probably the matchup we're looking forward to the most because they're going to be playing each other, and then they'll most likely play each other for the, the Big Ten East Championship too. So, what one of those teams is probably going to be in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see like how they trade off. 
Um, so that's your college football for the week. Um, turning to college basketball, I feel like there's so much to cover. Uh, Kentucky got upset. That's, that's one of the bigger news. Is um, the AP poll updates kind of weirdly? I'm still trying to figure out when it updates so I can like have it accurate standings for you guys. Um, so that college basketball, I'm, I'm going to get back to you guys, and I'm hoping I can figure out more how to like track it better because there's so many games going on. There's so many teams. It's not like uh, college football where only the top five, six teams matter. It's just like every team kind of matters in this, or at least like the top 30-something teams. Um, top 64 teams, really, when you look at it in terms of the national championship, um, how the national championship works out. So, it's, again, they're hard to track. Uh, in terms of Villanova stuff, which I love to cover, uh, Villanova won yesterday. I was actually to the game, went to the game yesterday. We played Ohio University at the Wells Fargo Center where the Flyers play instead of Sixers play. It was really cool. The trip over there was, you know, it was, it took an hour, but, you know, it was pretty cool. That's not pretty cool to see bad. my college team play there. What'd you say? That's not that bad. Yeah, it's not too terrible. Yeah. Um, then our football team, we beat LIU post this, this week, which is kind of interesting. Um, people, people, again, I, I go to Villanova, people here had never heard of LIU's post before. You know, me, me coming from New York, it's like, I, LIU mm-hmm. post, so many kids from my high school go to that, yeah. that college, so it's like, Everyone knows about LU Post where I come from. It's just like, who is this team? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's about my college rundown for the week, I believe. I think that's it. All right. Um, so I guess from there, we'll go into our controversial topic that we hinted at. Mm. So um, what are we, if kneelings should happen or not? Mm. I guess kneeling. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to bring politics into this. Yeah. Let me try to word my answer correctly. I, I, I'll go first. You'll go Brian first? Wants to, okay. Yeah. I just want to preface this. Uh, me and Brian used to have, I believe, we used to have political debates <laughs> in high school, which is interesting because he leans left and I lean right. So it was it was fun. <laughs> I remember. We're also people that know not to, like, politics isn't life or death. So. <laughs> yeah. Even though I think it's important, it's not life or death. But mm-hmm. I. I think he's pretty sensible, and I think I'm sensible in some ways. Well, maybe I'm not, but I digress. Um, in terms of kneeling, I think that I know we just we talked about it a little bit before on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, on a little bit before earlier. I just think the kneeling has no place in football. My ultimate opinion on on, on politics and, and and athletes: number one, the politics shouldn't cross over with the sport. You, you as an athlete, absolutely. You know, we're in America. You have absolutely the right to talk about politics whenever you want. But I don't – and what I mean whenever you want – I'm talking like off the field. Mm. When it's on the field, you're under contract with a private company, you know, the NFL or the NBA, whatever it may be. You know, there, there's times for you to, to have political opinions as a, as a you know, a, a big person in this country, you know, a, well, a well-followed person. And I don't think on the field this is the, this is the uh, place to do it. I think that if Colin Kaepernick fought Black Lives Matter – fought Black Lives Matter, fought for Black Lives Matter – um, off the field, I have absolutely no problem with that. Even though I disagree with this movement, because I lean with the right, I think he is America. Absolutely, absolutely has the right to do that. Um, I, I, I don't think it was. It's, it really helps anybody. I think it's. You know, I've had people say it's not disrespectful to service members. I personally believe it is, because when we sing for the national anthem, I feel it's as if we're honoring the country, we're honoring the people that are, that have fought for the country, we're honoring the freedom that we have. And you kneeling for that is kind of turning that away. And there's other ways to fight it. I just, I don't agree with it. 
Um, but I'm, I'd really, I'm not going to sit here and hate a person for for kneeling. I think it's, I think their their hearts are in the right place. I just feel like their minds are not. Um. So that that's how I feel about that. In terms of like Colin Kaepernick himself, I think as we and Brian discussed it, I since the day he's done the kneeling, I knew he didn't want he didn't want to play football. It's not what this is about. It, it's just I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. He doesn't want to play football. He just wants to be. He wants to be a martyr for for his cause. He doesn't really care about football, and I think it's pretty obvious at this point. Um, I also think that you know him, him and Eric Reed. I really don't know what their goal is anymore. Hmm. Uh, initially, it was to fight for uh, racial injustice, so people like Jay Z and Malcolm Jenkins hopped on, Stephen A. Smith hopped on, and they go, "Okay, we're going to kneel. We're going to get into this movement." A couple of months pass, NFL, you know, obviously seeing the ratings drop and they're losing fans. The NFL says, okay, we'll cut a deal. Malcolm Jenkins was for it. I think Jay-Z was for it. And Stephen A. Smith was for it. The NFL agreed to donate X amount of money. I forget how much money it was. X amount of money to Black Lives Matter so they could fight racial injustice, which is what they were fighting for. Mm. But apparently to Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick, I want to say more Eric Reed because Eric Reed's been fighting a lot more on social media. He's always fighting about how Michael Jenkins and all them were sellouts. Mm. But, I mean, what were they fighting for? They were fighting for racial injustice in the NFL as, as a sports company. I feel like they did, they did, did their due diligence. They, they donated to an a, a organization that's a lot, a lot better equipped to fight racial injustice because that's the only thing that they're built to do. I feel like the NFL did the right move. I feel like, you know, Jay-Z even, he's even got Colin Kaepernick a workout. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, I think that, again, it's okay to fight for, for your cause, but I feel like they're trying to do more than that. They they care more about themselves than they do for their cause at this point. Hmm. And Stephen A. Smith agrees with, with my point, with the fact that you know Colin Kaepernick and I, I agree. They're just they're, they're looking for attention, looking to be martyrs. They're not looking even to fight for their cause anymore. It's it's gone too far. Uh, so that, that's that's my opinion with the whole kneeling situation. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, I kind of I don't want to say disagree because I I definitely understand what Nick is saying. Um, and as time has went on, I'm kind of thinking more about what my opinion is and let me give my background first. I kind of have always thought that Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, their whole kneeling thing definitely got done what they wanted it to get done, if that makes sense. Um, it brought, I agree with you there. Yeah, it brought a lot of light to... Um, the civil rights issues and everything like that. But then again, it also brought a lot of dr- a lot of drama to it that kind of took away from it a little bit, which is probably a big problem. Um, I think that as time wore on, they kind of should have figured that they did what they had to do and um, that what if they continued to do it, obviously as it has happened, their careers would, not really for Eric Reed, but for Con Kaepernick, their careers would start to end, and maybe that's what he wanted to happen. He wanted to be that civil rights leader, which, all good for him. Um, but I think that it started to take away from their main goal, and it started to be seen as if they were going to kneel or not for that game, and it wasn't about fighting for rights anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that at this point, um, Colin Kaepernick is just not fit really he's not really a fit for the NFL anymore and I think that 
every time he tries to get back, it always comes back to the parts that he's still fighting for civil rights, which is definitely a good thing, and I want to make that clear. But it's not about football for him and playing and solely focusing on playing football as best as he could, which I think is one of the bigger issues, and I'm starting to realize that with this whole civil rights getting into football and everything. And I feel like what Nick said about, like, maybe not doing it on the field, but social media is still have that big platform that you can make changes mm-hmm. with. And I think that was one of the big things that everyone's like, they have these platforms and they should use it for making change because they can do that. And maybe it shouldn't just be about making all these millions of dollars, but they still have platforms on social media where they could make change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I, like, when you think about it, Colin Kaepernick has made more money from this, from his kneeling than he ever had in the NFL. Mm. With, the, with the deal that he signed with Nike, which is, I don't know how much money it was. Right, yeah. Um, it, it's, it, it, he shifted the goalposts of his original goal. Yeah. Um, I remember he, t- he, there was like a Betsy Ross flag that, I forget Nike wanted to make shoe wanted to make it. And he he shut it down, and they decided not to sell the shoe because he said it was racist. The Betsy Ross flag. Hmm. Uh, you're just nitpicking. I feel like you're nitpicking at that point. Yeah. It, what? Yeah, I'm I'm also under the opinion that like things that are of history, whether they had whether they were racially insensitive at that time or now, they're still part of history. I I, I feel. Like, Whatever the Betsy Ross flag stood for then, I de- could definitely tell you what it stands, you know, stands for now. It stands for freedom. Mm. It stands for like America when the, when we first received our freedom. Um, I think as, as Americans, we're all we're all we all want to have the freedoms that are are guaranteed in our constitution, and that's and that's what we try. I feel like America is constantly improving on that, and you know, fighting in racial justice is definitely one of the ways you can fight that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Again, he's. I, I just feel like he's nitpicking, and he's definitely. I feel like his goal is. I don't know if it's fighting for racial injustice anymore. It's that's, hard to tell. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, like I said, I mean, ever, like the first few times they did it, they got their. They basically accomplished their goal, of mm-hmm. having the focus be on civil rights, and then after it, it just kind of it became more based on the drama of it and not really the what it stood for anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess that's it, right? Anything else? Mm-hmm. I guess that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was another podcast. Nick, you have any final words? Here we go. Um, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. So, um, yeah, that's true. Awesome free time then. Hopefully I have two exams that come in this week and then after that I'll be kind of free. So it'll be nice. But then it's fine. I have anything to do for like a month. Then I'll wait three weeks, and last week I'll be panicking to get it all done. But I wait, digress. I feel like it's like two weeks after Thanksgiving finals. Well, at least for me. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. But I have some essays to that week, so I'll probably do them over break. But I'll have more time to read on during break. I'm hoping I can make a video or two over break. That would mm. be nice. Um, keep try try the new format out. I've been wanting to do. Um, other than that, yeah. Um, we have a new interview coming out. Is it out? Is that already? It's out, yeah. Yeah, it came out, what, yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, with, um... Derek Cook Jr. Yeah, Derek Cook Jr. Where does he play again? He has mostly played in the G League, but now he's playing international. International, yeah. 
you guys go check the interview out. You know, cool interviews. I, I think that when, when you think about your interviews, especially like basketball, like European players or players that once played here and, you know, they had dreams, aspirations of playing in the NBA and now that they're in Europe, like either aspirations have changed or they're disappointed in themselves. Some of them are happy with where they're at. You know, it's definitely, it's really interesting to see like what's their mind frame and, yeah. and you know, how, how is, how is like this, this, Maybe it wouldn't have been in the original plans. Like, how has it changed? How has it changed them, and how have the plans changed for them? So, definitely I think they're really true. cool. Yeah, um, definitely go check those out. Um, I'll let Brian talk about that in a couple mm-hmm. seconds if he wants to. But uh, other than that, uh, this podcast work in progress. Hopefully, make it better each week. We may have some new people coming aboard. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, again, we definitely need some. If you guys want to like help out, especially again, graphic designers, very needed. Would be pretty cool to have somebody like design our stuff. Something really good for you to like for for person that whoever's going to design it. Number one to practice their skills. Mm-hmm. Number two, great to put on a resume. Great. Number three, I think you'd be like just to, for yourself. I feel like you feel like I, I helped start a company or like business, whatever you would want to call it, mm-hmm. organization. Um, I don't know. I just think it's pretty cool. So if you guys, if anybody wants to do that, you know, hop on. Um, other than that, uh, you can, you can any comments, questions, concerns, you can hit me up. At my Instagram at nick.horbeth on Instagram. You can contact me at nicholashorbeth10 at yahoo.com. Or you can contact me on Twitter at nickhorbeth, at, well, at nickhorbeth61. Um, other than that, I uh, hope to see you guys next week, and uh, thank you for listening. Brian. Okay. Um, so a little more background on Derek Cook. Derek, that's Derek Cook Jr. Um, he's mostly playing played for the Northern Arizona Suns, which is the G League team for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, a couple years back, he made it onto their summer roster and actually got a contract, but then was waived. And now he's playing international ball. Um, he was in the 2017 slam dunk competition, so if you want to go check out those highlights, he definitely has some highlights from that. Um, next week, we're interviewing... What's the guy's name? I forgot the guy's name. Oh, something wreck. He's a AAA player for the Dodgers. So that's exciting. Um, other than that, like Nick said, we're definitely looking for people to add to our team. We have, I think it's in total, I guess you'd say like seven members of our team, me and Nick, and then five writers. So that's exciting, but we're definitely looking to expand, which would be very helpful. Other than that, um, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Let us know what you thought of this in the comments, like Nick said. Check out our videos on YouTube. We're at 133 subscribers. It's the road to 200, so that's exciting. Well, maybe it's like the road to 150, and that's road to 200. Um, if you have any interest, obviously, like I said, writing for us, editing videos, graphic designs, anything like that, contact us at the sportuniverse2019 at gmail.com. And other than that, thanks for listening.